You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing very well. You're about to listen to a conversation with the very best rock and roll frontman that you've never heard of before. His name is Mr. Robin McCauley, and I really mean that. He is an outstanding frontman. Go and check out some of the videos on YouTube. He's got a heck of a voice, and he's got a wonderful stage presence. He's a part of the Michael Schenker Fest, who have a new album, which was released, I think it was in February. Yep, that sounds about right. It was called Resurrection. Robin appears on a few of the tracks there. We talk a little bit about that, but we really do talk about Robin's outstanding career. Strap yourselves in. Here we go. Here's the man, Mr. Robin McCauley. Andy McCoy-Smith calling from Bundaberg in Queensland, Australia. So how are you going? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well, mate. I was certainly looking forward to our chat. So, um, mate, it must be the evening over there or late in the afternoon, I Thank take you. it. Actually, it's uh, just past uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's the it's the sprightly time of seven a.m. here, so uh, that's all good. You know, rise and shine early. <laughs> the early bird gets the worm, mate. So. <laughs> it's nice and shiny and sunny here. How's it with you? Well, we had that. I mean, obviously, you know, we get the same environmental conditions in terms of the lunar atmosphere. So we had that. Was it blue moon or blood moon or whatever we had last night? So. That, um, oh, it was it was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Awesome! It, it was, was killer. It was spectacular. It was I got a wonderful photo of it just on my iPhone, actually. Yeah. I, oh, it was amazing. I thought I could just reach up there and touch it. It was so close. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pouring with rain at the moment. But that's because I'm right on the Tropic of Capricorn, uh, where I'm at. So um, it's sort of uh, it can be as calm and as peaceful as you could imagine one moment and then about an hour later it can be torrential rain like it like as as it does happen in the subtropics so um we've had some rain overnight but no dramas mate we need the rain it is what it is it sounds like me i'm i'm a capricorn aquarian i'm a cuskian so i can i can go either way <laughs> rightio so your your birthday must must be either in the next week or very soon Last week, actually, the 20th, yeah. Last week, oh, belated happy birthday, mate. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'll, I'll kick things off, because have you got someone uh, that's interviewing you after me? Yes, I do. I have one more after you, believe it or not. Okay. I've well, been going at well. it strong all day. It's great. Oh, good on you, mate. Well... As I say, mate, I've been looking forward to having a chat with you because um, I had followed your, your your career individually, certainly alongside of the parallel career that you've had with Michael Schenker, and I've always felt that you're an extraordinarily accomplished vocal, vocalist. You know, you're one of the best in the biz, to be frank. So, oh. please tell me about your musical partnership. That with is Ma- very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're very thank underrated, you. mate. Oh, and I just, good. I, yeah, well, as uh, a, thank, I, thank you. You know, I go back. I go all the way back to uh, my Grand Prix days uh, with Michael back to, I think, 83, 84, when uh, he came to see a show in London, and then I had a call to see if I'd be interested in joining. I didn't. And then, uh, coincidentally, I ended up in Germany four years later uh, working with a, a studio project called Far Corporation. Mm-hmm. And we did a recut of uh, Stairway to Heaven, and that was a huge success. Um, and then Rudolf Schenker started to contact me, and uh, I was the last of 17 singers auditioning with Michael. And I was still sitting on the fence, you know, did I want to do it, did I not? Hmm. I mean, I'd known Michael because we shared the same 
record label on Chrysalis Records when I was with Grand Prix. Anyway, um, fast forward, uh, I got offered the job. He wanted to change the name. Uh, we had a big discussion about that. Um, um, I didn't really think it was necessary to change the name. He did, but we still kept the MSG logo. And, um, you know, uh, most of our uh, records were geared, I guess, towards the, the U.S. market. Um, some of the Schenker fans liked it, some didn't. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was the 80s, music had changed. Uh, I think if we had been doing what he did in the earlier MSG days with Gary, it may not have it may not have flown so much, but, you know, you move with the times, you change, and uh, in 92, so the end of Macaulay Schenker Group, I moved on, I got married, yay. My <laughs> um, twin boys, uh, I kept my hand in, I did a lot of tribute records, I did a solo record with uh, the guitar player from Survivor, and then I ended up joining Survivor some years later, mm. and was with Survivor for about five, six years. Um, and, um, I love what I do. Um, I take good care of the voice. It's the only instrument I have. And I've been very fortunate also to be part of a, uh, a classic rock show here in Las Vegas for the past five years, over 1200 shows it's called Rating the Rock Vault. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it has a plethora of amazing talented musicians from Doug Aldridge from Whitesnake to Howard Leach on guitar from Heart to Hugh McDonald on bass from Bon Jovi to Jay Shellen who now just joined Yes playing drums to uh, Michael T. Ross playing keyboards who was with uh, Lita Ford Band um, Tracy Guns, Rowan Robertson mm -hmm. Andrew Freeman on vocals Paul Shortino on vocals Mark Bowles on vocals Sean Coley on vocals that sings with Meatloaf. So it's like, what a treat, huh? You get everybody in the same place at the same time. Not always. They're not always in every night, but, uh, you know, we all tour, and, like, I'll be touring with, with Michael all of March and into April. Um, but it's a huge revolving door of, of cast members. So um, I love what I do. I'm, I'm fortunate to uh, still be able to work. I'm very fortunate to... Still have my voice and and uh, enjoy my work. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. And and look, it, it does. Um, obviously, the opportunity to have a chat to you has come about through the album Resurrection. Now, um, I could be mistaken here, but right. this this has more of a, a full on power metal vibe than some of the other material because I'm not so familiar with Michael's individual music. I've got to say, of course, I'm aware of his reputation. Um, but is this album right? Is this a statement about Michael Schenker Fest as a standalone entity, or is there an obvious link to music that is that Michael has created and released in the past, in your view? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I suppose I can only say that uh, it's entirely his idea. Um, I was first approached about uh, Michael Schenker Fest about a year and a half ago to perform at Sweden Rock together with Carrie Bardens and Graham Bonnet. And, and I jumped at the chance simply because in all my years with Michael, you know, I had the opportunity of singing their songs and now I have a chance to share the stage and, and, uh, and, and have all different phases in the one show. And I went, what a great idea, right? 
Um, so I said yes to it. We played Sweden. Um, and then we went into Japan, and then we went back to Japan, and then the UK and Germany and Spain. And while all of this was going on, material was being put together by Michael for this new record, which didn't, we didn't, I actually didn't know of the name till right up till the very end, to mm. be honest. And um, we played, uh, performed at the Bang Your Head Festival in Germany. And while we were rehearsing for that, uh, we did the photo shoot, which is the, the front cover of the album. And um, I think initially it was going to be called The Last Supper, and then he changed it to Resurrection. Uh-huh. Yep. And each of us were sent uh, a selection of tracks from Michael and his producer, Michael Voss. And he said, look, have a listen. You pick what you want to work on, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but I have some tracks I'd like you to work on, and Doogie and Graham and Gary. And that's how it came about. So the ones that were uh, selected for us to work on as individual singers, we did, and we wrote the lyrics and the melodies. And then, of course, Warrior, which is uh, like a lead single off the album. Warrior and Last Supper has all of the singers together on it. And all of that stuff was, was written and lines were selected for us to sing. And we can't, we just stepped okay. up and sang them yep. like we sing them, basically. Hmm. Yeah. If that answers your question. It does. It answers it very eloquently. You know, so, and, and look, it does lend itself to this question here because you've done a lot over the years you've been doing this for a, a very long time you've you've you know you have a illustrious recording history you know you've you've released rock based synth pop with the track Eloise you've covered charting Steely Dan uh, or right. you've, you've released charting Steely Dan covers of course right. and then there's probably the group that I think most people uh, will know you through which is the Macaulay Schenker group you have a wonderful story to share so have you thought about writing a biography or a tome recounting your travels Oh, good Lord. I don't know if anybody would be at all interested in reading it. I've never even thought about that. Um, you know, I like... Uh, this sounds really, really, really hokey, but I just like music, but I like all genres of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked me the other day if I was to pick my favorite five or my favorite ten. I went, I can't do that because tomorrow I might change my mind, you know? And in my quiet time, I might find myself listening to classic music or I might find myself listening to traditional Irish music that I grew up on. And people would think I was stir crazy. And by the next turn of events, I might start listening to the Sex Pistols because I lived in <laughs> London for a long time and I was totally into punk. And, and people were going, dude, you're, you're losing your mind, you know? And I'm going, you know, music is there for listening to. Um, love it or hate it, that's what... There's so much of it out there. I don't like process music. Um, yep. I like music that comes from the heart, passion. I love vocalists who who I believe when I hear them. I, I love soul. I love I love passion. I love a good lyric. And you know, I have my favorites from Paul Rogers to Lou Graham to what have you. Mm. Um, and I, I I grew up listening to Motown. My my bass was Motown. I just. I just loved all of that stuff, and and that kind of stuck with me throughout the years because I like a good song, a good tune. At the end of the day, um, yeah. I never actually saw myself as a singer. I want I wanted to be a drummer. I, I sucked big time, 
<laughs> um, but I persisted, and I went, no, I will be a great drummer, but I wasn't. So, uh, you know, I took some good sound advice, and I used to do backup vocals when I'd be playing drums, and people would say, dude, you need to sing. And I'm going, no, I really don't need to sing. I'm just quite happy doing what I'm yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I, I guess it's because I've, I've always had that... Uh, I don't want to say complacent, but kind of complacent attitude to, I'm not a singer, but I'll step up to the mic and I'll sing a song, and if somebody likes it, aren't, aren't I the lucky one? Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of had that attitude towards it. Um, uh, I love melody. I love guitar players who play with melody. Um, and I, I suppose I just kind of follow that. I've never thought about, wow, I should really jot these things down and catalog this and one day write a book or something. And hmm. uh, people have mentioned it to me and I'm going, I know nothing. I, I know nothing. I don't know anything about anybody. Just talk you about know? yourself. Just, um, just just write about yourself. I think it would be really interesting to, to hear. I mean, you've done so much. Well, I, I, I tend to think that's very... Yeah, I tend to think that that's really uh, conceited, you know, because that's hmm. the kind of person I am. I'm going, yep. shit, dude, stop talking about yourself already, you know? And, um, you know, outside of the music, um, I love my family. I love my kids. I have twin boys who will be 19 on Valentine's Day. And mm-hmm. I've been married for 24 nice. years to the same woman. She's from Vienna in Austria. Um, so I love my life outside of the music. And I, I think and I have a great family uh, back in Europe. And, and, and uh, I think um, those things are really important to me. It keeps me grounded. I love to go visit. I love to and talk about nothing um so oh lord i don't even know how i would go about such a <laughs> chore <laughs> well I suppose l- somebody would sit down and go tell me something and I'd go, well know? look one, one of my i've got to say i've read one. i've read a ton of music biographies and autobiographies over the years maybe right. i would even go so far as to claim i've almost read all of the ones that i could purchase over kindle so i must have read about 30 or 40 you know, most of the ones that were out there. Now, they're divided into two, two unique halves. Right. Either people start talking about the problems they experience through their life, and there's this unusual phenomenon with musicians wanting to talk about the problems they experience through their childhood. Don't get me wrong, but like anybody that is a fan of their music is really going to be too that invested in wanting to understand about the trials and tribulations of their childhood. Or there's the other type, like Max Cavalera, right. and I'll give Max Cavalera from Sepultura and uh, Soulfly props here, where they just go, right. let's let's go straight into the music and talk about all of the wonderful and various episodes that happened through their career and talk about some interesting tidbits there. And because you've worked with so many different people and so many wonderful tours and you've had so many releases under your belt, I, I think it would be an extraordinary read, I must say. Well, I will, um, upon your advice... And I mean this, upon you, I will, I will, I will seriously consider that. Please do. And if yeah. you know somebody at all interested, send them my way. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Australian fans and listeners. Have you had much correspondence from us over the years? Have you got a, an individual fan base here, apart from myself, of course? Um, I don't. Isn't that sad? Hmm. That is, that is yeah. extremely sad. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think in, in, in all my whatever it is that I've done, an opportunity has never arisen that I would actually end up doing a show in Australia. And I always have wanted to. And that's not just because I'm talking to you now. 
I have always wanted to, and I've always actually, with other musicians, said, they all say, oh, dude, you haven't been to Australia? Dude, you need to go to Australia. And I went, God knows I need to go to Australia. I have lots and lots and lots and lots of fellow musicians who have all been to Australia, so I feel like a real dumb shit because I have never been to Australia and or New Zealand, and I'm thinking, hmm, you know, talk about having it on your bucket list and not being able to do anything about it. So mm. um, I, I hope, I don't know if, if uh, I don't know if Michael has been to Australia, has he? I don't Maybe think he has. Have, yeah, I've, I, I haven't know, checked, but I, but I, I no, can't I recall, and I've been in this for about 25-odd years now, yeah. I'm kind of a fan of music, so I can't recall. So um, it happens, yeah. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. I know that uh, working here at this Vegas show, we get a huge amount, I mean a huge amount of Australian people who come to the show weekly. And they all say the same thing. Why don't you come to Australia? And I'm going, talk to the producer and hit him over the head with something. <laughs> and talk some sense into him and tell him we need to go to Australia. <laughs> right? He's, um, uh, he's, he's so a thought for you. I he, to have a... Here's a thought right. for you. I, I would love to see you do some work with Bob Daisley. You, of course, you'd know who Bob Daisley is. He lives in Sydney. Um, I'd of love course, to see you yes. do some work yes. with Bob Daisley. I reckon his his style of writing and his bass playing suits you, would suit your voice beautifully. That's an excellent thought. I haven't seen Bob in many, many years. I used to see I used to see quite a bit of him in, in Hollywood and stuff, um, mm. and then everybody moves on. But... Yeah, he's incredible. And if you see him, tell him I said hello. Yeah, I will. I, I will. He's a wonderful Bob. human being, actually. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, I haven't seen him in many years. Many years. And I had no idea he lived down there. So. Yeah, he's Australian, actually. Huh. So um, yeah, he lives. He's back in. He's been back in Sydney for about yes. twenty yeah, yeah. years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. I was so conceited. I was hoping that I'd get a call from ACDC, but that never happened. <laughs> I don't blame you for that, mate. You you could have done the job. There's no doubt about that. Ah, <laughs> uh, funny, funny. Yeah. Well, you know, we do some ACDC stuff in the in the Vegas show, so people go, "Dude, how come you're not doing it?" And I'm going because there's another guy that, whose name escapes my mind right now. <laughs> that's doing yeah, who would have thought that was that <laughs> some one little was known singer? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Mate, I, I better let you go, unfortunately. Believe me, I've got plenty more questions I could ask and I could certainly have uh, a far longer and broader chat with you. But You've just... got a couple of more minutes. You can, you can shoot a couple of more off the hip if you want. Okay, okay. Well, this is, this is a question I've been wanting to ask you. You know, you know you, as I've mentioned already yeah. a few times, you've been in the business a long time, but what's, what's been your greatest source of frustration with the music biz? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um... Many, I guess. Um, I, I think I'm glad that uh, we're not so reliant upon the big record labels anymore like we used to. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm glad that uh, the power of, of, of the management companies, while it still exists, um, is, is, is not so anymore because... I think we were all sideswiped by the whole thing, you know. I think, yeah. you know, you have a manager and you think that all of a sudden, as opposed to him working for you, you feel like you're working for him, right? Yes. And and, mm -hmm. and everything starts to steer off course and, and you're going, 
why am I doing this? Why is he doing this? And and and, and not getting the 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 support that the artist needs. Um, artists are now and have been for a long time so much more independent thanks to the internet, thanks to Pro Tools, thanks to even stuff like Guitar Hero, you know, that my kids were totally into. And, and it opened doors, and it actually kept the music alive, I think I'll go as far as to say. Yep. Um, and, and brought on a, a, whole new, a whole new genre of younger kids who, who my own kids for sure, uh, would play Guitar Hero and go, Dad, you know this guy, you know that guy? And they were so into it that they started going, this is great music. How come we haven't heard this before? So it created a whole brand new, younger generation of musicians. Mm. Um, somebody said to me earlier today, what was it like going back to Japan after all these years? And I distinctly answered that, you know, you, you always expect, I hate to use that word, expect, should never expect anything, but um, the loyalty of the fans and you think, okay, so we've all aged and we've all moved on. There was a plethora of all new, younger generation fans for rock music, all singing your lyrics and everything. You're going, wow, I would never have expected that. Hmm. And I'm glad a lot of things in the industry um, have just gone away, really, because we don't really need them like we used to. And that said, of course, you know, there's nothing like having a big, strong label behind you who believes in you. And I think it's very important that you should maintain your integrity. And I think too many of the labels, too many of the managers took all of the integrity away from the musicians. They just did it because they felt, look, if you don't do this, you're not going to get that. So now there's pressure on you to change course and be something and somebody that you're not. And I think for some new artists, if they stay true to the core, believe in what they do, they will get there because you have the means now uh, to record it in a more simplistic fashion and stay away from the process stuff and let people hear who you are. And I think, I think people believe what they hear. You know, if it's process, you go, my God, you know, it's like flavor of the week. It, mm. it, it goes as fast as it comes out and it's, it's ever changing. But the real stuff, the real heart and soul of the stuff, has longevity. I don't think you'd, you'd have Zeppelin and you wouldn't have Floyd and you wouldn't have Clapton's and you wouldn't have the Stones or the Beatles. There's a reason that that stuff is as strong today as it ever was. And Motown, there's, there's a reason. Mm. Yeah, people are reaching for real music. Good yeah. quality, written, good quality, real written music, you know. And today, I, I couldn't, I, I don't know if I could pick a handful that would fall into that category. So, um, Thanks to Pro Tools, thanks to, and I don't even know if there was ever such a thing as a garage band, really, right? Mm. I mean, I think we like to call it a garage band because it was really stripped down and not dependent on, on the guy in the big building down the street, yeah. you know? And I think that's a good thing. It, 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 uh, it did a lot for the industry. You know, I remember living in London when, when the whole punk explosion started and people were going, my God, I've never heard so much trash in my whole life. Yet, in the midst of it, some really good stuff came out of it and it gave the industry a good, solid kick up the ass that it needed. And all of those years later, you know, Nirvana comes out of the woodwork and changed the, the entire uh, mm. gamut of everything again. 
And it's because somebody goes, enough of this shit, you know? Love it or hate it. And it, every so often, the industry needs a reminder that we're, we're just not going to go along with the, uh, with the tribe that just sells yeah. records. It's not, really good. It's, not really, it's not really good stuff, you know? So um, I'm glad to be out of that part of it because I know in the Macaulay Shanker group days, there was a certain amount of pressure to write the song that would, would make MTV or VH1 so that you would get the tour, yeah, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. And yeah. um, I'm, glad all that, I'm glad all that's gone because now you're supposed to sit down and go, okay, um, let's write, let's start the format. You know, what is the format? Who knows? You know, it's, it's, there has to be, there's always a structure in songwriting. There's a structure in, in every type of composition, you know? In writing a book, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know? And, um, um, I'm happy. Yeah, good on I'm you, happy mate. some yeah. things could have gone better, but I, I'm in a good place. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I have no regrets. It's all, everything happens for a reason. I'm here because I'm supposed to be here. So, hmm. and so are you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, our life's journey has led us to this point, hasn't it? You know, where we can have this wonderful discussion. You as a, as a wonderful artist and myself as an indie journalist, if you like, if that's the title I can bestow upon myself, you know, we've all got our own journey and our own story, isn't it? But yeah. You are, you you, you, you are who you are, and you're allowed your expression, and it's great that we can just talk openly about it. And, and uh, you know, it's not scripted. It, it is what it is, and I think mm. your songwriting or your music or whatever it is that you do should be the same. Let it yeah. come straight out from your heart, because that's real. And I think it's great. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you took me down that road, because it's, it's oh, easier wonderful. to talk about stuff that you can that you can believe in you know yes agreed well you know either way mate and all things considered i really hope we can see you down here in australia that'd be a real treat for, for us australian fans because you do have a following danny people do know who you are it's not just because of the michael Schenker thing it's also because of your wonderful voice and your career so i just i hope in the next few years mate we get an opportunity to see you down here in some way shape or form you are very kind and I appreciate you calling me and, and, and having an open conversation like we have. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It means more to me than a lot of the stuff. It's great. Well, thank, thank you, you, mate. No, I really appreciate you. those very kind words from, for me from you, mate. So, uh, yeah, well, congratulations on a wonderful career again and um, all the very best. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in the next near future. Fingers crossed. <laughs> You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with Mr. Robin McCauley. Thank you so much for listening.